rocking chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, and welcome to our eighth RCS Rocking Chairs Sessions with our artist, Augusto Escavel. Hello, Augusto. Thank you Hi. for being here. Hi, Augusto. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks so much for being here. You had to walk all the way over from your studio that is actually right across the hall. So yes. it was like a huge trip that you took. Yes, finally I took the trip. Finally, finally. But yes. thanks so much for being here. And I'm, I I talked to uh, Elisa quite a bit about this because you guys here are, have been very, very supportive of us. You and Aurora and... Um, uh, Jimena also, the guys who work here. Yeah. And then Mondays at 9 p.m. when we are recording, we're saying like, oh, okay, and now... <laughs> we're going to start recording. We're going to start recording. Whatever you say is going to end up on the recording. And yes. you've been really supportive. And thanks so much. Well, thanks I so mean, much. I, we enjoy. We enjoy what you guys are doing. I think it's really nice. I mean, I, I listened to all of the other sessions before. And like I said, I'm finding so many great things about the artists. And it's a great way to to know them and to to know who they are. Thanks so much. Thank you for supporting us with that too. No problem. Okay, I guess, Groundbreaker, do we get started? Yes, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. Um, Our first question, I was very curious. I, it's a little anecdote you wrote on your website and I kind of want to open with this because I feel like it'll go back to your background and where you're from. Yes. Which I will obviously want to hear about during this interview. Um, On your website, you mentioned your grandmother's sewing box. My grandmother's sewing box, And the observation of a button resting in it. So my question is, how did your relationship with your grandmother and her buttons <laughs> influence more or less what you're doing now? And plus, I want to know where you're from and all that stuff, but that, the, the grandmother, I feel like that was a link kind of just spoke yes. to me. Um, well, so my grandmother, um, I really loved her. I had a really great relationship with her and her name was Italy. Uh, actually, it was Italia Ruggiero. Italia? Uh, Italia. Uh, cool. So that, that's how Italian she was. And um, it, she had this sewing box. Uh, it was a, like a wicker sewing box. I still remember it. And um, I discovered now why I love the button so much. It's, uh, there, there's a relationship with that sewing box where she not only used to keep her buttons and needles and everything but some extra money that some sometimes she would give to us you know like to buy whatever and um for me thinking now uh in that moment it's like okay you know you're you're a child you don't realize but now you realize when you're mature and you're old you realize that that's the the unconditional love you know that that comes from her through that extra money that she's giving you um so Basically, that's that's the reason why I that that's the story about the the sewing box. And then, of course, we used to play with my brother because there was there was a lot of uh, golden buttons, like oh, grandma golden buttons, and so it looked like a you know like a treasure chest. And so we, we used to take that and and bury it in the in the backyard. And she would get really upset sometimes, and, <laughs> but she would forgive those things. So so. 
Um, the sewing box and the buttons for me now they represent that unconditional love. So that's why I have that strong uh, connection with this material that I spend so much time with. Mm -hmm. um, when I first um, saw the, the, the material, the button, when I discovered the button, I, I really liked it and I didn't know why. And so that's why I started to ask myself why I like this material so much and, and that is one of the reasons. And then on the other side, uh, doing some research on the button, there are so many things about the button, you know, when it was seen for the first time and how, how is it that it was used. It was used by men first and it was not to, to hold garments together, but it was, um, you know, to embellish. And the more buttons you have, the more money you have. So, so there's, I mean, regardless that emotional connection that I have, with that, um, there's really interesting story behind it that mm -hmm. it's piling up and it's making a lot of sense. So, mm -hmm. so Italia was the name of the grandma. <laughs> yes. Italia. Italia. Italia Ruggiero. That's, Ruggiero. Yeah. And where was she born? She was born in Argentina. In Argentina. Yeah. But her mother was Italian. And her father too, of course. From where in Italy? From Naples. From Naples? Yes. Oh my God. The gangsters. Wow. I like to think. I, I don't think so. Maybe they were no, just no, like... Not gangsters? <laughs> no. no. Uh, Maybe they were tailors, wow. but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. And so she was, she was a, a, a child when she came to Argentina? Your great-grandmother? No. She was... Um, she was an adult, she actually. So she was an, she was, she immigrated to. Yes. And I think the older, the older of the brothers was born in Italy too. And then my great grandmother had the rest of the brothers and my grandmother here in Argentina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And. And named your grandmother after her yes. home country. And <laughs> now, now that you're asking me about her, I remember that the reason why she was named Italia is because she was born uh, before schedule, so they didn't think that she was going to survive. So that's why they wanted to name her Italia, now that I remember. Oh, she, wow. she always tells that story. Well, she used to tell that story, of course. Yeah. So, so she, she was a, how do you call that? A, a, a premature. A pre yeah. preemie. A preemie. Yeah. 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 And she was like really small. Uh -huh. all, all her life she was really small. She was mm -hmm. like five, two, I guess. Mm -hmm. Great personality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Did you live in the same household with her or in the same um, city or? We lived in the same city. Mm. And then um, a moment in time, my grandmother moved like two houses away from where we grew up. Mm -hmm. So she was really close all the, all mm -hmm. the time and helping us and cooking for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thinking like my family mm, through my great-grandmother to my grandmother and my mother. It, it was always uh, um, matriarchy. Mm -hmm. Matriarchy, for Matriarchy, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, which I love in connection to material because it's a material, the button, that you find a connection to. You, you mentioned happiness. You mentioned play. So it's a material that brings you that joy. And then you went into yourself the history of the button. How yes. it was originally, I mean, it's such a gendered material now in yes. the present, but you it originated in something that was utilized, as you say, 
by men yes. that was utilized to be as a form of, um, and you could, as you call it, status and stature in terms of how many they had to decorate and embellish. So how do you feel, I guess, going towards the history of the button and now here in the present, the the use of the button in 2017? And do you feel you ever have to like defend it or talk about gender or those type of things? I'm curious. Um, not really. I never, I never feel that I have to defend anything. Okay. Um, for some reason, I feel that uh, generally for men, we don't have to justify a lot of things. I think probably if I would be a woman using a material that it's um, like metal, for example, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they are tried to justify. But I never felt that people were asking me why I use buttons if it's... If it's uh, I think mostly people think that maybe I come from the fashion industry or that I wanted to be like a fashion designer that's why I'm transitioning to buttons um, as your background versus what, what was your background if you'd like to share with us? I study cinematography. Oh, that's exciting. That's what I did. Yes, that's a whole different story. Um, but um, we would love to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, of course. Um, how much time do you have? Uh, we have an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 41 <laughs> minutes left. Right. Um, but um, the button. Uh, yeah. So, no, I mean, I do realize that there's a, a feminine uh, side and I love that. You know, I like I like to to explore that and to and to create objects with because in a way I think when you see my sculptures I'm kind of transcending the the utility of the button itself mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy that um, it's such a common object um, and you when you see that I'm using that as transcend the, 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 the functionality. Yeah, it's not serving its original purpose exactly. that we utilize for it now. Yeah, and I like that. I think, there, I think there's a message there when, you know, when you're using those objects to create something bigger of what they are. It reminds me of that child book also, like your, your sculptures do. There is this fish that has a different color than the other fish, I don't think. I don't know. I don't remember exactly how the story goes. But they are attacked. So all the little fish are attacked by really, really big fish. And then they also, they swim in formation. They build a formation. Yes. All the little fish yes. make this whole big fish. And this fish of the other color is the eye. And all the others are like the body. And so they scare off the, the, yes. scare, the yeah. scare big fish, right? I mean, so yeah. they, they make something... It's it's, like it's kind of like like it's 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 also like a a powerful message because of of transcendence of of like also community or of 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 like the I think the power of the many in a way that if you believe it, if you believe in that you know you can be you can be very strong together yeah. and uh, in a way it's also like your sculptures transcend this little modest everyday object that is a button you know that we usually not care as much about except for when it breaks right but uh and you 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 turn it into like all those landscapes and faces and uh music instruments and you know <laughs> yeah. what, what basically whatever they throw at you you would you would be able to make it yeah know? i mean i i like to um yeah transcend that object in that sense mm-hmm. and and to give you a different point of view of that object that is uh, forgotten in your swimming box or in your jar. I, I get a lot of people that say, oh, I have a lot of buttons. I never throw them away. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I know that I'm not going to use them, but I just can't throw them away. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I like that to, to, I think, if I can say, 
one of the job of the artist is to to that to give a different point of view mm -hmm. of of an object or of reality and i think you know that's what i'm trying to do mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. well i guess i'd love to um we mentioned a few of his pieces um i guess going into how you select to make what you make like i know that you first of all Applauso, applause. You're a professional living artist. You don't have a side job. Hustle like most of us have yeah, yeah. two jobs. Drum roll. Drum roll. That's amazing. You live off uh, of your artwork. So my I'm question so is, lucky. how do you, yeah, it's, it's a blessing. How do you separate the living, making commission pieces that people are requesting you to create something, right? Versus something that you feel like, I have to make this. I want to create this new artwork. And I, is there a difference And for is there you? a difference? I envision something. Um... How does that work? I think there is a, a difference at the beginning. Uh, like, okay, so when I, I start with a concept of a, of a sculpture or an object that I want to create, um, it's different that if somebody comes and says, you know, I want to do this. But what I have to say is some of my best sculptures or the ones that I was really, that pushed my limits in terms of the technique and in terms of the concept were commissions. So that's why I don't close myself to, to just... Uh, do only what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm really proud of them too. I think sometimes part of the talent to find um, what to work on is a point in between, right? Um, something that, it's, that it has a concept, something that looks good, I, what I think looks good, of course, uh, and, and, and it's something that I perceive as, as beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I'm evolving too. It's not that I'm always going to do this type of sculptures. I, I think, um, I mean, in, in a point right now where I'm evolving the concept, I'm I'm thinking about the the shape and and kind of not being afraid also of doing something that it's a little bit more probably grotesque or or Ooh. not or not uh, as quote unquote uh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So, and I'm excited about that too. Mm -hmm. How how long have you been working in this like with this technique with the buttons? Uh, approximately ten years. Ten years. Yes. Wow. Time flies. Yes. Wow. Now that I'm thinking about that, I just can't even. I can't believe that you it, have it's been, been a decade nodding buttons for ten years. Yes. Together. Sewing buttons like a grandma. That's incredible. Yes. That's well, I mean, amazing. But one of the things that um, I think people I would like for people to understand is that I really enjoy that time. Yeah, it's a process that is. I really enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I spend hours on end sewing buttons, and I really like it. I don't see it as as. I mean, it is hard work, but it comes naturally for me, for other reasons. And it's also like meditative, meditative. I could imagine, yeah. right? No. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, definitely. And then there's OCD, also anybody. It, yeah, and there's also, <laughs> in a way, always that part where. Where there is more like movement, when where I see more movement is when you actually put the colors on the yes. on the buttons, right? Yes. That is kind of when you have to lay all the buttons out and you have to move downstairs. You yes. have a spray booth downstairs. And you have to bring them all up, dry them, turn them around, and yeah, it's so, not randomized. So You're in charge. You're selecting. It's, there's a lot of control there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something that also that I'm that I'm. Because the technique, okay, it's completely different from where it started. And I'm always, I try to be uh, in control to do exactly, because I have to be really exact. And the technique has been changing and 
And, and I like that too. I like that technical part of, of choosing even the diameter of the monofilament that I'm using. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm really into the details. And what was your first button sculpture? I know. How, like, how much trial and error did you go through before you reached the very, very first like, time? I'm so but curious. The, that's, that's all the thing. Cause people, you know, you see the pictures, you come to the shows, you like the sculptures, but behind that, the there is a lot of trial, trial, how do you say? Trial and error. And error. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of sculptures that I had to, you know, tore apart and a lot of buttons that I have to spray paint again. And a lot yeah. of things that they were definitely not working. Um, and okay, so the first sculpture, it was a, it was a head, and I was going for a self-portrait, and the, the buttons were not painted, and uh, there were there was no no acrylic. It was just like a cork thing. It was just like a mess, um, but but it looked really good. And and when I when I when I finished that, I was like, wow, there's something here, and and I never knew that you know down the line I was going to do. I don't know, an upright piano you know, with all the keys and, you know, but, but, but I like that because I, I like to push myself to, on the details, uh-huh. you know, because I think, um, you know, people take the time to actually look at every single details and the measurements and the colors and, and, and then you see the object itself and then you go to the button, you know, and there are different shapes and different sizes and different materials and different colors. And so... I, I really enjoy the 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 sculpture mm-hmm. as a whole when it's mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this going from like the macro, like the big overall, like final picture to the micro, which is like the singular button, like does, is your connection with cinematography and we study like seeing the totality of the film or the shot and then going in and breaking up the scene and each individual character and where everything is placed and the lighting and the colors and is, can you discuss that a little bit more for me? Lisa, I see the, the grains, connection here. The grains on the film. Yes, I see the pixelation. You just discovered that, it. thank you. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm also really. I, I love science, and I, I like this. This, um, you know, the atoms and molecules coming together to become something bigger, and then something bigger, and something bigger. So I'm also. I also play with that. Um, I play with a pixelated image, and then, you know. So and and definitely the grains on, you know, on the film. Now that you're mentioning. Very wow, <laughs> that was impressive. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is a session. <laughs> this is a session. This is a this session. This session is in session. Um, could you talk a little bit about, like you said, you, you pursued cinematography and how did that jump and leap into what you're doing now? I'm really curious. Um, okay, so uh, I chose cinematography first. And actually, the first thing that I did was um, I did, um, I took some, like I did like a year and a half on masks and special effects. That's what I did in Argentina. Nice. I and I, one of the artists here, Jason, is going to understand me. I saw the movie Labyrinth and I fell in love with it. And you know, Jim Henson and some fraud and all those people that work on that movie—they—they um, they blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so those '80s movies, you know, The Dark Crystal or The Neverending yes. Story. Oh yes. yeah! Uh, oh my God! Which I'm obsessed. So good. With. I know. Yeah. And Actually, then it was my I, first boyfriend. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was your first one? Just putting that out there. Atreyu. You'll let her say oh, Atreyu. Yeah. yeah. Who didn't cry when Artex was right? sinking oh, the no. horse? But anyways. Oh my God. It was such an emotional story. Like, it was, the tower and then. Yeah. Oh. And, and then if you like that movie, I recommend to either read the book or to listen to the audiobook. And okay. it's absolutely amazing. I read the we do both no, many, do many both. times, but in German, of course, I but I made that. It's right just now. absolutely amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So that creativity, that science fiction and fantasy... Um, Creation you know, of worlds. Yes. And connection and, of and, unknowns. And, and the imagination. I mean, I think I have a great, good, great, big imagination. I'm always daydreaming. Like you saw. Important. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to do that. I wanted to, to find out how is it that, that it's done, you know, to, to know the trick, to learn the trick. It looks like magic, mm -hmm. but, but there's work behind it. So I wanted to get my hands. Yes. Yeah. And, and I always like the manual things, you know, and drawing and doing things and doing crazy things in my house. Um, which is another story. <laughs> <laughs> which we will ask you after you're done with so that. I'm going to so many different <laughs> okay, So but. the school that you were in in, in Argentina was for yes. special effects or yes. for makeup? Or yeah, was makeup it makeup and special, special effects, effects? And it's called FX and it's the first Argentinian um, school of special effects. And that's wow, the name. Cool. First Argentinian school of special effects. Uh -huh. And so I, I learned how to do cuts and masks. And I, re I remember I did the head of a gremlin. Cool. Wow. I was so excited about it. And once I remember um, we were trying in between the, the students, we were trying, you know, how to do things. So I remember the, like veins like growing out of my, my face. And I'm like, I'm going to keep this for a couple of hours. <laughs> and then I got to the house and I was scary, of course. My sister, my brother, and everybody, because that's the thing. I, I use my younger brother and sister as guinea pigs, and <laughs> and I did some horrible things to them that now we laugh about. But like you traumatized them basically. Oh my god, big time! You I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. He's apologizing on radio. You yes, guys, Emiliana Alvaro, I'm so sorry, but I love you guys. <laughs> that means a lot. That means a lot. I hope they listen to the episode. Yeah. If you ever speak with my sister, she's going to tell you the horrible stories. Oh, my I, God. I can tell one really fast. I, I found a short clown in the street. <gasps> and I took it home, of course. I, could, I, did, I couldn't leave it by itself in the house. And I would put that clown everywhere in her room. I remember <laughs> once I like hung it inside of the... On, her, on the closet, on her closet. So she could see it in her closet. So she oh, would open no. the closet. And of course, I would and be in my scream. room. scream. I would be in my room and I would hear her scream and I would be like, okay, she's gone. <laughs> <gasps> Some other day, I threw the clown rolling down the stairs when she was going up. Oh, no. <laughs> you like to surprise I, people is what I'm, I'm gathering from this observation. Well, surprise and awe. Well, not just surprise, like... We really torture my sister now that I'm thinking. <laughs> but she still speaks to you, right? Yes. No, she, she gets You it. must have done something nice to her. No, of course, of course. And she, she, they, they always um, supported every crazy idea that I had. Mm -hmm. And we, we were a really good team, like doing carts, going down the street and everything. We, we were really a good team. We we're really close, even though we're completely different. But mm -hmm. we have a good relationship. 
It's kind of cool. So you took these things from special effects into your home. Yes. And then when did you decide, I don't want to do this anymore? Um, I wanted to direct. and okay. uh, Take control. Uh, yes, but I didn't realize that in order for you to be a director, I mean, I, I realized throughout in, in mid-career. The process. Yes, that um, when you're a director, you have to learn how to delegate. Yes. And you need to... Release control. Yes, and that was really hard for me. I think still is. Um, special effects was more, you know, my things. But still, at the end of the day... You do what they tell you. Uh, well, I mean, you have uh, space for creativity, but the, the job is more you create your, your animatronic, you create your, you know, and then you present that and they would say yes or no. But direction is different. You have to direct every head of you know, the department and that was I found that really hard uh -huh. because I'm such a control freak that and it's so important you know the way it looks and, and production has to work like that and the timing and the the actor and I mean I was able to do it but I was knowing I was not enjoying the process so I'm like okay maybe this is not for me per se mm -hmm. but still I still love movies and I still respect because I realized how much work you have to put and how much how much trust you have trust. to put. And how much, as a director, you have to realize what to ask for who in which moment. And yeah. and, and, and is, is such a... When, when everything works, is such a magical, you know, thing, which blows my, still blows my mind and I still love going to the movies and still love special effects and still love... I still follow, you know, all the directors that I like. And... And to be honest with you, I probably do remember and follow the, the, the careers of more uh, directors and actors and, and even um, art directors than actually artists, which is my, you know, what, yes. I'm, what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm still entrenched in, in, in that world. But so did you, <clears throat> so after you did the special effects school, did you study cinematography as well? After I finished um, special effects, I studied cinematography for a year and a half, I would say. Here or in Argentina? In Argentina. In Argentina. So a year and a half, and then you decided that it that's and, not what you wanted? or. And then I moved here. Oh, then you moved here. Yes, and the, the place where I studied cinematography is really cool because it had a lot of... Uh, it had everything. And in Argentina, uh -huh. I think... Um, at least in that moment, it was really hard to get a good place where it had all the the dollies that we needed and the cameras and the tripods and you know a lab where you can develop or to to work the sound and that was I, I love that place. I was really sad when I had to come here, but well, um, I had to do it. And uh, and that's a whole different story. <laughs> what, what, was, what was the reason for you to leave Argentina? Yeah, such a great leap. I mean, this you is know. gonna take. No, don't worry. We got time. <laughs> we're all immigrants here, so we have yeah. all our stories. Um, okay, so there were a lot of things. It was not only one thing. Um, Post cinematography. Exactly. Okay, so actually, when I came here. One of the reasons was because I wanted to pursue that career in cinematography, and, uh -huh. I, and I, since I always admired um, American movies, and that that was one of the reasons I learned English and kept 
learning English basically and, and, and looking for new words and you know the movies actually really helped me culturally and in, in to get that art from these directors in, in the United States and, and, and literature and um, and special effects and, and, and movies of course um, so I, I lost the trail of my thought. So it was kind of like, was that no, that was That was like, I must go there. That's what was it was. Was that a reason oh, the, to yes. move here? Yes, so that. Okay. So I wanted to, okay, so one of the reasons was that I wanted to pursue the career here in, in LA or New York or, or somewhere. Um, and actually, I um, took some acting classes here. Oh, in Miami. In Miami, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh -huh. And I was in a movie as an extra, and then, well, yeah, as an extra, basically. And then um, as a, oh my God, please don't, don't go. Don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. Don't, don't tell say. our listeners. I don't mind. Uh, I don't know if you're going to find it, but so the name of the movie is She, and it's about this girl, and she's like, you know, a punk rocker or whatever. And so I'm an extra in that movie in the bar, and then in another part, uh, we have like a kissing scene oh in a bathroom my God. with a girl. So please don't Google it. <laughs> Google, Google. Uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, but that that was the end of it. I, I realized um, not for you and not for me. And actually, now that I'm thinking, I did pretty much everything here. I took acting classes. I was in this movie. I was in a musical too. <laughs> now that I remember. <laughs> Uh, that's Another a whole musical. different story. <laughs> um, well, I do write. I like to write. Um, I took singing classes too, and I took one class of ballet. Nice. Wow, it's tough. So I, I have been searching for the answer for something <laughs> for the buttons. <laughs> but searching here in Miami. So my question is like, why South Florida? Like, why Miami? It? Why not LA or uh, New York or? Um, every time somebody, when they ask me that question, I don't know what to say because it's not that I, I can say, I don't know exactly what I like about Miami. What I can say is that every time I go to another place and I come back and I'm at the airport in Miami airport, I feel this sense of this city gets me and I get the city. Uh -huh. You know, I get the good things, the crappy things. I get the people. Um, I feel this is my home for some odd reason. Mm -hmm. um, and your uh, sister and brother followed you to Miami? I wouldn't say follow, but yes, or, or they, they totally followed. They or they came you. together? Did you, did <laughs> no, you guys I come all the way You can first. <laughs> I was like, well, how, 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 how is that happening? That no, all three I mean, brothers and revenge sisters? Revenge for the clown. And now <laughs> <laughs> they followed you. <laughs> Uh, well, and now my mom is coming too. Oh, that's exciting. See, so we're really happy. Oh my God, that's amazing. So yeah, it's going to take some time, but... Oh, yeah, but she decided that she wants to come. Of course. Oh, wow. Prior to your, prior to your, I'm really excited about this feeling because I know when I travel, I get different types of feelings. Mm -hmm. So before you even landed in Miami airport, how is it that from Argentina, when you were selecting the flights, before you felt any of those feelings, you were like, this is where I want to try... To discover well actually i mean it was just random i had some friends here that were on vacation and actually you know the 
when I was in Argentina, I the other reason is that I needed a change. I needed to leave. Um, I needed to change my your surroundings. My, yeah, my reality basically. Okay. You know, that's the only thing that you know. You're a young adult, and and you know you feel that there's you need a change. So you need to to leave and to see uh, the world from a different perspective. And I thought that the the trip was going to do that. Um, well, the personal thing that happened to me was in that moment, my dad passed away. So I was, and it's okay. And I was really, you know, that was like a, like a punch in, yeah. in the reality, you know, when nobody so close to, to you uh, dies, you know, it's like you, death is a concept that it's more or less far away and it's but when something somebody close to you dies and then it's like boom right there um and i i really wanted to get away it was a catalyst yeah yeah and there were a lot of other things too minor things but it was for some reason it was like a conversion of a lot of stuff and mm -hmm. i'm like okay let's go mm -hmm. and so i had friends here that they were on vacation and i i was going to take a vacation here but I knew that I that I, I didn't want to get back to Argentina. Um, it was not economical, you know. Many people travel because of economical reasons, but it was not my case. I mean, we were not rich, but we were never poor. I mean, middle class. And um, I came here, and I liked it. And um, there was a lot of. Uh, preconceptions you know like i had the idea what what united states was mm -hmm. from movies and from so from, not miami exactly and <laughs> i'm from everything from from the american life from the american dream that everybody talks about and and i'm i, I was living it and and i mean i've been here for a long time like 17 years 16 years wow so yeah that that dream you know you realize that it's not a dream and then you realize that you can make your own definition of American dream and wow. and and I love that I always I mean there's I think like every place in the world you don't like everything about the place but one of the things that I, that I like about the United States is that I feel that when you put the effort mm -hmm. you'll see the results Hard in, work. in yeah in in a in a time that it's relatively uh, acceptable mm -hmm. you know in other places I think I mean I know people in Argentina they work they work their whole lives a lot and maybe you know they cannot see the results that they were looking for and here I think it's possible and I don't know because I didn't try but I think I think that I would probably not have this level of success in Argentina if I would decided to stay and, and pursue this so I mean I never know but uh, I, I feel that's the case. Always go back and exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> in Argentina, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, definitely, Just, yeah. It's open, but the, the starting point was here. You know, I, I mean, what gave me the platform that I have right now, which is not a huge platform, it's a platform. Um, I think it was the United States and, and the support that I get from, from the people here. I love that. And then my, my question is, after all these oddball, like, actor 
dancer, um, <laughs> ballet, ballet, musical. I, mean, I want to see writing, ballet shoes. I, did singing? Did you mention singing too, or is that just I'm dreaming of the kissing girls? Kissing, well, yes. I mean that's but you know. So how did that catapult to like artist? How did I transition to that? Yes. Okay, so another story. I started working for um, an artist here as an assistant mm-hmm. for actually several artists. Well, actually, before I met the artist, I took some classes in the art center. Okay. With South an, Florida. Uh, yeah. Um, metal. A local residency here. Metal. Yeah. Uh, welding. Oh, and it was wow. super they had a, cool. That must a have been well, a very long time class yes. in Miami Beach. Yeah, I took Not that I course in. with uh, Daniel Fiorda, an Argentinian artist. And then through him, I met another artist, Carolina Sardi. And then through her, I met another artist. And then and I started working for for them as you know as an assistant. And then um, I realized that they were. A lot of ideas in my head that I wanted to do and I could that I could do, and that's that's how I started doing the stuff. Basically, working for this artist made me realize that I could be an artist. I could be a working artist. There is um, an uh, this niche of this place where I can create, where I can make a living out of. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work for, you know, a place or a restaurant or, or, or a company. That's interesting because that's something Elisa and I <clears throat> talked about before the interview is like, where did you learn how to support yourself as an artist? And you basically learned from artists that were supporting themselves as artists, right? That's how you... That's one of the things that I always think about the educational system because uh-huh. I think it would be really interesting to, to tell not only young artists, but everybody to, you know, take chances, you know, um, find what you want to do, um, find yourself as an artist, uh, work hard and uh, trust that, you know, I don't think that they, they, they don't, they don't teach them that they don't teach me that for sure. They, they never taught me to trust myself and, and that it's possible, you know, to, to be, a, a, a you know, an artist, a full-time mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. When did you when did you leave the jobs and then just you know break out on your own? It was a transition. It was probably I think eight years ago, and well, okay. So actually, I was working for a it was a designer, um, and I was doing the sculptures. And I showed him a picture, and he's like, "Well, these pictures are not really good. You can bring the sculptures to where where I." where we had the office and we can take pictures, you know, you can put them in your website, you can, and while I was taking the pictures, somebody, because this was like a, like a building where there were a lot of offices and somebody saw one of the sculptures, which was a torso that I named Italia in, in the name. Wow. Yeah. It, it, that was the second one, the second sculpture that I did. Your first one was your self-portrait. Yes. That interesting now that I'm saying it out loud. And so they... My grandmother was present. <laughs> they saw it and they liked it and they gave me a prize and I had no idea how to price it. I have no idea. I had no idea. 
of anything and um and he bought it and then um I mentioned to him that the idea that I had is that that torso, you know, was going with a with a another one, which was a male torso, which I named Raphael, which is the name of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I love the idea, and I have this house, and I have these two places." So he bought the other one too, and so and this house in I think Brickle is, and you know, there's Italia and Raphael, which wow. is my grandfather and my grandmother. Those th- that was the second and third sculpture so you were like <clears throat> successful from the very beginning basically well, with not not having problems selling well, your work if you think that success comes when i sell then i would say yes mm-hmm. um but i would be really i i i think we have to be really careful when it comes to the definition of success but um yes how do you define success <sighs> um Great question. Maria, Maria, Maria. Uh. <laughs> for me, no, I mean, I have to say, like, personally, for me, it's, it's, it's been like such a struggle, uh, in the last, since, since I came out of grad school, right? To, to realize, wow, it's really, really different to work, like, to put, put like a lot of effort in the work that you're creating. And for me, it's such a different uh, field to, actually then uh what do you say you know take a picture put it on a website and then make make money with what you do and for me it's kind of like that's like far out of reach it seems at the moment we were sitting in the same boat for me it's so different and then and then here comes like here comes here comes augusto and it it seems like so like it, it 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 seems like it came easy to you, you know, not, not that you started making art, but then that you, you exactly. had the knowledge how to, how to kind of like make, make a living out of it. So for me, that is very successful because it's something that okay, I'm really yes. struggling okay, with. So but for you, maybe something else is successful. Okay. What, you I'm, know? I, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that money is definitely part of the success, but it's mm-hmm. not all the success. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel that only because you're selling, you're successful, then the market defines your success and i think that's a really dangerous position to be in Mm -hmm. so what i would say is that success is when a lot of things converge when you are selling when you're happy with what you're doing when you think about the concept when you enjoy you know the the materials that you're choosing and and so when when everything converges that is success you are a successful artist Mm -hmm. and then and any of the parts can, you know, maybe sometimes maybe you don't sell, but the rest of the stuff is there. So it's successful still. Uh-huh. Maybe sometimes the concept maybe is not the best, but it's changing and it's, you know, but you're selling because it's a little bit pretty or, you know, so it's, it's, um, something fluid, that, right? Yeah. Something that you have to kind to of. To describe what he is doing right now to our listeners since they can't see, Augusto <laughs> has both of his hands outstretched. And he's doing a wave. So he's describing it as a fluxus. It's continuously changing and undulating. Just since you can't see, it's so great. Wonderful. Great great description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I think that is really interesting. That is really interesting for us also to to hear that you know, um, so many artists at the moment are, are really struggling with 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 just making a living, right? And they think that, or sometimes I do that too. Like I think like, oh wow, if I would sell something, you know, that would 
that would kind of solve everything, but it's not true, right? Yeah, sometimes, I'm... sometimes I feel I, like I feel like the pieces that I sold, I was like. I was not at all happy actually about selling my work. It was actually really difficult. Like I was really stressed about it and I was really, I felt like really. So I want to kind of delve into that. Um, moving on from the success, but like, how is it that you are, you embrace the giving away of your pieces? Is it because yeah. you know they find a good home or how is it that you connect to that? How do you or process don't? that? I mean, it's, it's really hard, to be honest with you. If it would be for me, I would keep all my sculptures. And I know it's really cliche, and I know, you know, but still. No, I totally understand. I still, it's. I mean, it's so personal. Like when you said that you made yes. your grandmother, you made your yes. grandfather. Those are yeah. torsos. It's like where the heart is. It's where, you know, it's I mean, like. Um, and, and personally, because with each sculpture, I. I remember so many things, uh, like the book that I was listening to, or the podcast, or, or the, the place where I was when I was working on the things that some, somehow my work anchors my life, the moments in my life, because I remember everything that I was doing when I was working on each of the sculptures. Mm -hmm. And it's a really weird thing to explain. And that happens only to me. And that's why when I give my sculptures, I'm giving pieces literally of my memories, of my life, of who I am. Um, So that's why it's, it's a, a tough situation to you know, see them or, or install them in houses, but it's part of, you know, of, 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 of being yeah. an artist. And of course, I'm not going to be so, so dumb of saying, no, I'm going to keep it, you know. Yeah. It's, it, you have to close the circle by selling them and taking the money and, and, and make space for new work. Yeah. And, yeah. and to get the money and say, you know, I own this money yeah. because I can buy more materials and I can keep on working. Yeah. And move forward. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm also curious to know, um, because you did mention the bridge between being an artist assistant and then the creation of your first um, artwork. Um, my question to you, since you mentioned your class that you took at the Art Center of South Florida being a metal, and then obviously the button, I mean, buttons could be made out of whatever material, but where did you connect sculpture and the material to start off making your piece because I feel like the selection of material is so crucial mm-hmm. in your medium. Um, the metal, the welding, uh, kind of it gave me that sense of, of working with something that is three dimensional. Okay. So that was I, my brain for some reason when I was welding and creating this three dimensional object. It 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 understood what what was going on. I can I can picture you know the the object and then from then on uh, the metal was it's it's a really for me it was a really hard material to work with I remember the first time that I it was a torch that I was welding yielding and um, so the teacher goes okay so are you done and he's like and I'm like yes and he grabbed my shoulder and he's like well now relax and breathe because I was like really tense and then I realized that it's you have fire in your hands, literally, yeah. and you're modifying, you know, the the metal. So uh, it was a little bit violent, probably for me. So that's why I didn't continue doing that. But it was fun, and, and I remember cutting metal with uh, it was like cutting butter, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's so for me, it's such a dangerous because I would lose myself, and I would probably, you know, just like go with the torch anywhere. So. 
I'm happy that I went to a different material and um, the transition, I, I would like to say that it was smooth, but it was really abrupt. I mean, from, from metal to buttons, it was just like that. <laughs> you can't go further away yeah. than... I mean, I, I do know that I was looking... I, I, I knew that I wanted to uh, work with different objects and get them together. And I wanted to do uh, a, a hanging sculpture, something that looks solid, but it's not solid to the touch. Something that... that um, uh, it looks heavy, but it's floating. So I, I, I knew that I wanted to do that, that I wanted to go on that. So I, when I was looking for an object to work with, I think I did one sculpture with like plastic crystals or something like that. And it was okay, but it was, the material is so important that crystals has a completely different reading. And, and I didn't like that. And the button, you know, was close to, to home, like I mentioned before. So. We are already coming to the end of our session. It's been and can't time has been flying I, by. And it's, and it's incredible, right? right yes. now. But we wanted to give you like a, a quick minute to to tell us about any upcoming projects, projects you might want to share shows. that you're excited about. Um, well, yes. Uh, like I said, I am uh, transitioning the concept a little bit, so I'm I'm really excited because I'm thinking about doing objects in a different way, um, something that is not really cookie cutter um, so I'm excited about that uh, in terms of shows I have um, an art fair coming up uh, Aspen I'm going with um, well I, I, I want to I, I think I'm going but I'm going to say it uh, Bernice Bernice Steinbaum wow. so I'm really happy about that um, and what else? You also have a show downstairs, don't you? At this one's at the yes, big house yes. okay. in the smaller gallery, the Svensson yes. Gallery. Different shapes of air. A group show with two other Bakehouse artists, yes. right? Sai yeah. and and Fernando Cuesta. Cuesta, I think it's Cuesta. Yeah. And um, that's up for a while. Yes. Then we have uh, our Miami coming mm -hmm. up in December. You're going to be in our Miami as well? Yes. With Bernice as well? I think so, yes. Uh -huh. I mean, everything is like, you it's know, it's, totally, a, yeah. and it's a trial okay. period, but... Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's so, really, really exciting. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. And we are coming to our final question. Our favorite one. Okay, go, Maria. You do the honors. Okay, I have to say something before <laughs> you we... You too, because me too. Okay, you great. Too. We're not there yet. Go, you first. Okay, I want to say something that uh, I had in mind is... If you ever thought about doing stop motion pictures with your buttons, ooh, I would love to. I would love That's to. That's like, yeah. That was like, oh my god, okay, so, he has to do that. Um, I loved Tim Burton, and when I when I saw that he did um, Nightmare Before Christmas and I don't know so many other movies. Um, Corpse Bride, so many. I just see yes. you, but like your button sculptures come to life yes. in like a stop motion picture. I yes. just, I, I just wanted to put it out there. I have to say it now. You, I, I would love to. Yeah, I definitely would love to. I would love to see it. And you? No, I just when you mentioned this, this idea of being able to step back and create this universe, yet be in control of it and create magic. I don't, I don't know if you've visualized this, but I kind of thought of like, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Like you're kind of sort of <laughs> like this 
this, I don't want to say puppet master, but you're like in control of this material. He and is exactly not, and some a puppet people master. Even, even the strings see, are there. Exactly. Some people don't see the overall image of what it is that you're creating sculpturally until you bring in all the elements together. Uh-huh. Even the way you display them where they look kind of sort of like they're floating and there's... There's something in that, I mean, you said it, the word transcendence, like there's yeah. this quality to it, like it's otherworldly almost sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's it, that's what I want Thank to you. <laughs> you have been sitting for 50 yeah. minutes in a magical chair. Oh, that would explain the tingling yeah, sensation. Yeah, tingling, tingling <laughs> sensation and other things going on. And uh, yeah, you're granted three wishes. What would those three wishes be? Ah. <sighs> wishes okay so in that situation i think my first wish obviously would be to get as many wishes as i you're so smart <laughs> you're the first one to say that i, I mean that's that that's kind long. of the logical one i was totally totally uh the second one um i think um i really enjoy science and technology so i really would like to see uh, scientists and humans in general to get as much information as they can about the the, the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So probably get all the technological advances and all these scientific discoveries. That for me would be like heaven because okay. I really enjoy that. So uh, if if I have to put into a wish for um, the science to get more funding. <laughs> I think now is the time to wish that. Excellent wish. I think we have a few people in our nation that are starting to take that on. Yes, and and I think individuals. And I think like if science takes over and you know all the jobs start to transition into all the things or people being liberated with these jobs, I think the currency of the future is going to be you know art. It's going Mm -hmm. to be the artistic talent of 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 humans that now have the time and 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 the skills and the technology to actually use their art as currency and, mm-hmm. and create. And I think, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit utopia, of course. I heard that before and I'm going to keep on <laughs> hearing it. But um, I think that would be a great second wish. Okay, so first wish, one more, more wishes. Second wish, science and technology completely fulfill their... <laughs> Their, their, their destiny, right? Informing us about everything they can. And then um, the third one. I don't know if I have a third one. I think, I, I think I'm okay. all set. We're wow, all set with the two wishes. The more wishes. He's wishing for endless wishes and then he only has well, one wish. That's I incredible. Mean, I think we don't have to be greedy. You know, yeah. we... You're a modest uh, guy. I mean, not that I'm modest. I have to be realistic, you know. Yeah. How, how, how much is too much? And it is a really big second wish. So yeah, exactly. Can, exactly. That's can, what I'm saying. It was the first second wish. That second wish. Okay. Well, I have a, another one. Um, I would love to um, find alien life. Cool. That's wow. a good third wish. That done. would be amazing. Done and done. What if we are the aliens? I'm just wow. kidding. Anyhow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Is that good? Right? for coming to visit us for Thank our eighth session. Thank you very much. Session. Thank you so this was much. amazing, I have to say. I can't believe time flew by. It just gets faster and faster yeah. for some reason. 
But we do have to thank our listeners we as well. We do want to thank we'll our always, listeners. We'll uh, always kind of stream our SoundCloud. And they share it. Or our website, um, podcast. Or they like it on Instagram. Thanks so much, guys. You're really a, a huge support. And thanks so much, Augusto, again My for pleasure. coming. My pleasure. Yes, thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you for following us on stream. Just cool. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. We, we're back next week with a new session for of Rocking Chair Sessions. Bye, guys. Bye.